0: Welcome to the third episode of the Together Alone podcast, the one with Deirdre Morris. I, um, have, I'm speaking these words like the seventh other time, the seventh hundredth, the seven hundredth time, um, because I left, I made, I made a recording last night and realized this morning that it's, um, too quiet compared to uh, all the other recordings I'm using for this episode. Um, I left the recording level on low or too low and didn't see, or I guess, I mean, it's true. I didn't see the little, you know, the sound of the metro in the background, I hear it and I'm getting distracted. What did, what I didn't see is the little spikes on the recording on the screen of the computer. But I didn't register that as a thing. I just thought, oh, how curious that there's no spikes. Well, no, no, now I know. I suppose the lesson I'm taking out of this is um, make more episodes. Uh, don't forget how to do the thing that you figured out how to do between the recording sessions. Um, anyway, so I'm going to r- go through my notes from last night and try to tell you... Uh, everything that I thought yesterday was important to tell you. So, uh, number one, I'm recording from home. Or no, this is a note number zero. (laughs) Um, Note number zero, I'm recording from home. Um, I don't have a studio um, that will muffle the sounds from life. Um, Bear with... I guess, I mean, oh, I don't know why I'm telling you this and why I'm worrying about it. But anyway, here it is. I'm recording from home. Uh, It's Tuesday, 11.32 in the morning. Uh, Doubt that there's anybody at home to make noise, but there's always somebody at home to make noise, and I definitely don't have the thickest of walls. And also there's the metro just behind my window. Not just behind, there's some trees in between the metro and me. But anyway, you get the gist. Um, so that's that. Um, low key, low key. Note number one, travel. What was that about? So yes, the recording that I made, the actual recording of the conversation that I made, is made um, was made um, um, b- using a different microphone than the one that I'm using now. I don't know if it makes a difference for you, but I was just gonna say it in case it does, and somebody notices it. Um, you are in fact noticing something that is in fact a thing. The microphones used to make different recordings for different parts of this episode have been different, um, or are different, I suppose. One, the one thing that I didn't figure out yet is how to travel with equipment. Um, I tried traveling with equipment, and I just got annoyed. Um, I just got annoyed carrying things around. Something that I'm working on or through, I suppose, is, um, you know, what is the precise balance of um, content and delivery and technology and precision and high techness. Um, you know, I actually don't know how to do any of this, but my excitement and desire to share knowledge is greater than my ability to be in charge of technological processes, I suppose, um, anyway, we'll get there, live, live and learn, all in, all is, everything is, all is happening, everything is happening in real time, which is anyway, one of the interests here for this podcast, so, there you go, um, right, so, talking about this podcast, great segue to, uh, saying a few words about, um, what this podcast is. Um, So this podcast and at least the future episodes that I'm planning, the near future episodes that I'm planning, the conversations are all going to be generally focused on creativity. Now, one thing that I suppose I would like to say is that um, this is not a how-to podcast. So the conversations and creativity are not Done in order to kind of unearth solutions, like, um, yeah, uh, but rather to expose the process. I I will be talking mostly to people who are makers, but performers who are who are choreographers, but dancers who are um, working with uh, making things, but whose uh, primary d- Concern. It's not even a, It's not even necessarily a matter of concern, but like the primary working environment is the process, is the negotiation, um, is the nitty gritty of of putting things together time and again. Um. So um, and what I'm interested in, I suppose, is what I want to say. I'm interested in you know that the 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 temporality of that process. I'm interested in the cyclical nature, the coming back to the renegotiation. And I will mostly be talking to people who have something or other uh, to do with exactly that. Um, And I um, will be using primarily the form of conversation to kind of, you know, document I suppose. What I want to say with that is that, um, you know, this podcast is, in terms of conversation, it's not edited. Uh, My goal is not to deliver, um, again, some kind of an overview. I would rather like to lead by example, Um, uh, share a conversation, share a process with you, um, and hope that, you know, the process is going to tell both you and me more than either of the speakers could say themselves, Um, if you see what I mean, Um, so really this, this podcast is not about how amazing each individual is, though they are, don't get me wrong, I, I really celebrate the work of every person that I'm, that I'm, bringing on here, I suppose, I should say, but that's, you know, that's, that's essentially not the, the kind of value, the value system that I'm interested in, interested in propagating. Um, I'm so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not interested in, um, you know, the genius of every person that I bring up here. I'm curious about what they what what they or we or I don't know um, how to talk about. I'm curious about the knowledge we expose um, in the awkward silences. I'm curious about the things that can be recognized um, in the confusion. So conversation comes in as a method of, um, you know, meditating, it, it's essentially a, a way of meditating together, a way of attending to each other's processes, thought processes and, and reflections and, and exposing that to, the third, to a third party. So, you know, I will often talk to one person in the podcast and already in that dynamic of the conversation, you'll hear that one of the speakers recognizes value in whatever the other person is delivering at the time in which the other person might not be recognizing value in what they're saying, but by putting these conversations online, I think I'm offering somebody else to recognize the value, like even further in in you know at the time where maybe neither of the speakers on the podcast know that they are actually communicating something of value. Um, so in a way, I want to argue for value as a, a contextual. Uh, capacity or uh, characteristic and, and a relational capacity or a characteristic. Um, Nothing is valuable per se, nothing is valuable. um, You know, of course, there's standards and there's stereotypes, but that's, you know, exactly, um, exactly what we're looking and an alternative for. Um, so, yeah, um, it's just to say that, um, you know, I'm, let's just say that, um, okay, note number five, getting lost, exactly, it's just to say that I am fully aware that at times, um, these conversations, um, go out of focus the conversations that are documented by this podcast, by this podcast. Um, but they also, every once in a while, return to focus. They become focused again. Time and again, they become focused. Um, which is wonderful, isn't it? It's like to, to kind of catch that, that cyclical nature of a conversation, which is kind of like breathing, if you will. Pardon my, uh, um, you know... St- stereotypical or what you want to call it um reference but as breathing is um uh you know an expansion and then and then a collapse or coming together of the of the tissue of the lungs so a conversation between two people goes in and out of focus um goes in and out of clarity especially those conversations that are explorative that that are you know not a reporting conversation but rather Um, A connective conversation. That's that's something that I learned. That I learned um, in the book called Many Love, but Sophie by Sophie. I think I'm pronouncing this badly. Lucido, Um, uh, Jonsen. Why do I want to read it in like bad Spanish and then horrible Swedish or Danish? Anyway. Sophia Lacido johnson Many Love, a book about polyamory. Um, she named for me um, the type of conversation that she thinks it's um, native to friendships, connected conversations where, it's a, it, where essentially one person goes on a rant, then another person inspired by the, by the first person's rant goes on a rant and so forth. Um... Sophie argues that these conversations serve a really great purpose in a relationship with, because they are not there, because the um, the motivation of the speaker who is speaking in response to something that was said is not to fix anything, but rather to add, uh, expand, to empathize with their own story. I think that's the great point, that it's about empathy. It's about um, the weaving of empathetic chains, maybe. But essentially, it makes people feel uh, supposedly, um, well, some people get frustrated in in my experience, but most people seem to, especially when engaging in an emotional connective connective conversation, I suppose, with a friend, I'm speculating here. But uh, people reportedly feel uh, good um, because they feel connected. So anyway, that's something that I, that I am proposing, I suppose, is a series of connective conversations on art and creativity and performing, and I, I want to share these, um, share these and, and open these conversations up to other listeners, and, um, you know, if, uh, which brings me, brings me to my last point, if these conversations, as you're listening to them, bring things up, um, feel free to respond, to send an email back, to write something down, to send a photo to... Well, photos are hard because I thought like, oh, maybe, you know, if you want to share some of your impressions, uh, make an audio recording, send it to me, and I can feature it in the next episode, um, in the next episode, in the next episode. Um, it would be quite fun to kind of uh, open these conversations up for further reflections, for further thoughts, so, yeah, that's my invitation to you. If, if any of these conversations brings inspiring things up, um, document those if you feel comfortable. Um, expose your processes, share them with. Um, and let's see if we can put things together and, um, yeah. Rhizome um, into the environment. Does that make any sense? Okay. without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening to this um, 15 minute long rant. Um, After the small little jingle. um, Thanks. Thanks, friends who made the jingle. Uh, I don't know if I ever introduced them. That's um, Suna Ardal and Yosef Ask, who who've made the little jingle. That I, you know, I'm so very grateful for, uh, because it makes this podcast sound just a smidge um, more professional (laughs) than not, I suppose. Um, Anyway, thanks, Ona and Josef. Um, Yeah, without further ado, uh, as I was saying already, here is the conversation I've had with Deirdre Morris, a good, really, really good, dear, dear friend of mine. Also a colleague up here, Deidre is um, from the United States. Uh, We met in Vienna during the Impulse Dance Dance Festival, I think in 2016. Deidre has been um, working with together alone a couple of times, and I've finally gotten the chance to go to um, Earth Dance to Massachusetts, where Deidre currently works as um, executive director. I finally got to go there to meet Deidre on her turf and uh, we made this, we we talked one day in front of the microphone and um, um, fantasized about dance and art making, which was a really true delight. So thanks Deidre for that. Um, Here it is, the conversation, nothing scary (laughs) about it. Check the description field below for links um, to Earth Dance, where you can read a little bit about that project and Deidre and I think maybe there's links um, to Deidre's private website there, but I can, I'll just put it, uh, put it there as well. Deidre makes wonderful stuff and thinks about art in very nice ways, which I'm sure you're going to find out in a second. So, you know, um, do that, it, the links will be there and any other information. And I should also say thank you to Konstnärsnämnden, the Swedish Art Grants Committee that uh, supported my travel to the States this time around with the International Choreography Stif- Stipend, um, which you know is a great privilege to receive, to be able to travel, to go to places, to meet artists who don't have the privilege you know, um, who can't have the privilege to receive artist grants because there's no such thing perhaps like in the States where there's no federal um, art grant system of support. So, you know, we still have way to go, world. <sighs> okay, um, stop talking, about it. this little plate
1: oh it's a remote yeah oh that's great
0: yeah you can you can mark mm but <laughs> I still haven't figured out like mark like once you mark what how where where does it get labeled oh yeah people in the quarry I think so So I was walking I was walking th- this path. Mhm. <clears throat> and then I looked to the left because I was walking away from your house and then I looked over the pond. But I didn't I didn't see it the other day there was something with the light how it was falling today that the pond was really dark. And it was so like it was right under me. It's very nice. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> yeah when I first moved into the space and started walking around up here, mm. and I didn't really recognize that the quarry was so close. Oh yeah, I just had to, for some reason wasn't registering. Yeah. And one day, um, like one of the last big snowfalls, I was doing some sound recording of snow falling this winter. Um, and like what is the like rhythm of snow falling? what's the gigger like what gigahertz or like what's the sound level of snow yeah. hitting itself? on the ground. Yeah. And I was doing some video and as I was walking I was like, Oh my gosh, wow, the quarry is like so close. Yeah. 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 And then the spring when it started warming up, all the peepers, which are these toads. Oh yeah. They started making their sound. And um it was like this orchestra of
0: of peepers. I was like,
1: Wow, that's an amazing sound. Yeah. I
0: recorded it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's cool.
0: Do they live down in the water? Mm-hmm. Well,
1: they went there to mate.
0: Oh, yeah. So they
1: come from all over and they, like, come into this. I think it's, like, what is it called? A perennial? No, what is it when you go back to the place
0: you were born? Mm -hmm. Is that what it is? The March of the Penguins?
1: No, it's, like, called the perennial. It's not perennial. Mm. That's a plant, right? Anyways, the animal goes back to the place it was born to breed. Yeah. And all the noise was the male's. Like oh. looking for females. Huh. So there's a, a lot of humping going on yeah. in the pond. I went down and checked it out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's a lot of frog humping. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing.
0: Yeah. I was thinking was it last winter I was thinking when uh everybody around me was allergic and I was also being a with with my sinuses. Um and then there was I think three really like a, a concentration of three days at one particular tree and I didn't really figure out last year which tree it was. I was going to try to catch it this year. They just released all the are they spores the, the pollen. Part, pollen. Yeah. <clears throat> and and there was a really light breeze and it was just this like it was like swimming in the sea. like uh, it, it was like diving and all the fish so it was just this like the air was filled with this like sparkly material and it was so thick and moving kind of slowly through mm. the air. And I was like, good for you trees. Like you're out there getting laid and <laughs> we're like walking through that and like in <laughs> celebrating and being like <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, no. Yeah. That's what they do, right? Yeah. In in the cottonwoods in the in New Mexico in this in the spring and summer. They release, it's usually June, they release their little cotton balls, Mm. you know, like little spores of cotton, Mm. and they're like, they're seeds with like cotton, like, and they float like, like little creatures in the water, you know, have you ever seen those little like, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Another time I'm looking for words. Anyways,
0: they're, it's really beautiful because they just drift Mm. with the breeze like the ones from the flower, from the um, Maslachak, what is that flower? The yellow flower that goes white and has this, and then you can blow into yes. it and go like... Pfft.
1: Yeah, kind of like a dandelion.
0: Dandelion. Yeah, yeah. kind of like <coughs> the white puff.
1: Yeah. But a little bit bigger. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, and then the, the air just turns like you have all these like drifting white, and it reminded me when you just said that about like the school of fish. Yeah. 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 Because they're all like kind of grouped together, or drifting yeah, in the yeah. air. Yeah. It seems like a wave of ocean. Yeah. Water. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm.
0: yeah. So I was thinking now that we were talking about trees and stuff and nature, I'm thinking about this. What I tried to describe the other day of, of. Um, the sensation of slowing down. But also the downward direction of um the downward di- downward direction slowing down downward direction what was that um so i was think i was looking at a tree and i was thinking also of old furniture and how and the effect that it has on me and i was thinking of the of of meeting Either trees or the furniture, hall, I was uh, meeting it tactile, tactilely. Sure. Um, and by that, I both mean like touching it and 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 tracing it and and squeezing it sometimes, <laughs> especially a desk. I like to s- squeeze the desk around its edges, and because some some wood feels almost like it gives, mm. um, and yet you can't really see that it moved at all. Um, but I also think how I see them and, and then the, and then the photons that have bounced against the surface and went through my eyelids and eventually triggered my brain and the brain made the picture. And so I see them. I also think that it's tactile information Mm -hmm. when I see them and, and when I, when I take the time to meet, um, this sensation, I feel like I've I'm being like I'm um, almost like I'm yeah I feel like I'm going down and it's almost like now I'm thinking both of like dust sedimenting but also also like the bottom of the ocean when when the materials are sedimenting and that that diving is also like you, the, the deeper you dive, the, the more pressure you're surrounded with. So there's something about that kind of pressure and slowness and you can't make quick moves or... Like there's something about time, how um, it seems like if I call my everyday relationship to the world Newtonian, I feel like I can make a decision and I can execute it at the same time, let's say. I don't know if I'm describing this well. But when I go down, it's almost as if, like, I'm going to make a decision now. But the execution is going to happen with a 10-second delay or, like, 20-second delay. There's almost like a... a, Yeah, there's a different density to the experience.
1: Wait, what makes it a different density? What did I miss?
0: So I'm trying to describe when I meet my examples are tree and a desk but when i meet the world uh, at um via the sensation that the world gives me so tactile tech when when the material working. yeah okay and i feel like i'm i it feels like i go down somewhere like in my experience in like of... there's a sensation of a downward direction okay and then there's a sensation of time and i wanted to say that it feels like time slows down Mm -hmm. but it's it's more like times go time goes out of sync and and then i thought of that that sensation of being underwater where the sound travels at a different speed than what you can see maybe or you hear a boom and then you turn and then you hear a Mm -hmm. like so Mm -hmm. there's there's something about that and like from the moment I arrived here and at this um, place, um, I really felt like oh I I could I could really open up to that, to that question of what what, what is what what. My question is like what happens to me when I meet the world experientially, mm-hmm. right? So I could really, I could really spend time on this question, and then this thing of going down came up, and I was like, I was maybe surprised because that that down direction was so prominent. It came up in language, but I felt like, is it really? Am I actually really going down? (laughs) Uh, And that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah, Um, yeah. So I was really that I was really just wondering for myself. It's like. I also sometimes feel like when we talk about going inwards like into the body or into the experience that there's this that there's there's oh it's almost as if in how I heard a couple of people speak that I can recall now that inwards has a sensation of diving deeper and again going downwards mm-hmm. mm. and I've wondered like is that a is that a language thing that this association comes or is it actually really like Maybe I'm sinking into the lower parts of my brain. Maybe, like, it, am I actually moving physically to a deeper place? If I'm in, of, of course, again like to into a vertical. So, I don't know. I was just wondering about going down <laughs> and downwards direction mm. in terms of sensation and sensing and observing and paying attention to stuff. Mm. What do you think about that?
1: Well, I'll go from like the most recent thing that you just gave a metaphor about mm-hmm. and then maybe I'll go from there. I hear you say something about like the limbic system,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and that we have that like whole system at the base of our brain and the hypothalamus and that it's the thing that regulates like the heart rate and, yeah. the you know. And I think of cranial sacral work and like I think of the flow of the, um, the cranial sacral fluids. And how we were talking about the fluid, how it spreads, like where does it go once it's done its work, and it does it dissipate? How does it leave the body or does it, or what does it do and And so I was thinking about spreading out, so instead of just going like that there might this be this sensation of down is actually the sensation of extending outward that isn't that's an it's an internal down, but it's more of a like. How I describe this that the that the body is given space to expand itself where maybe in everyday life it's not given that opportunity and so you give yourself that opportunity when you come to explore the tree in the desk the idea of the that you could expand yourself into knowing another materiality um that's still made up of carbon like you are and that you share a resonance with Mm. it maybe Mm. so that when you go down i think of going in but also being expansive inside Mm. of the down and the in Mm. like that in doesn't constitute for me like a a, a curling inward and yeah. and like making something smaller. Right. And in fact it's like more quantum where you go yeah. the deeper you go the more expansive yeah. it becomes. Yeah. So I'm thinking of this. Yeah. When you're talking I'm not sure if I'm entirely grasping your yeah. your experience. I mm. think I, I'm understanding but mm. I don't know. That's what that's what I'm thinking mm. about.
0: Yeah, I was even <laughs> my report to what I was thinking about when you were saying this. Is that both my examples were wood related? Yeah. And and as you were saying this going down and expanding, I thought like, oh of the I know that with mushrooms it's called the rhizome. I don't yeah. know if it's called with the trees the rhizome. So the the root system. The root system, yeah.
1: The network.
0: Yeah. And and that type of yeah, that which is literally an expansion. Mm. Which You know, if I if I for example now imagine a metal, I kind of feel like with metal I go. I don't necessarily feel down and out with metal. Kind of feel like there's like a
1: A vibratory. Yeah,
0: it's more like a yeah a chamber and it's more electric in a way or Mm, or. But then if you
1: yeah, but if you apply a temperature to it, Mm. then it becomes something else. Yeah, but you could say the same thing for wood, right? Oh, yeah. So
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wondering now. The metal that I imagined was also man-made and shaped metal, like I imagined, like holding a, a, like a piece of a machine. And if I imagine, like a mineral out of the soil, a very different. Sad that I don't necessarily get a zingy. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Well I wanna make a map or like a table mm. of sensations.
1: Well I may, I understand what you're saying though. Like <coughs> the mineral in the ground is the thing that makes the metal that that the man makes the metal object with. Mm. And so to have like it feel zingy as a man-made object, but not feel zingy in its, like, raw form.
2: Mm.
1: Is that kind of? Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I feel the same way. Mm. I mean, when, you, when you're with trees and then you're with, like, my grandpa's old desk behind mm. you. You know, like, both of them have now been alive and touched in, like, multiple ways for many years. Mm. And so they're different because of that, probably, I guess. It could make an anthropomorphic you know kind of thing about that Mm. but it's more like the reality of time Mm. like through time that desk has turned a different color from all the oil from people's hands that's touched it and the mugs of tea that were put on it and like like the scratching of a Mm. like a knife to like you know fix something on it or the pens that went across it and then the trees that get hit by lightning or get us that the tree branch breaks in the wind and makes a different shape out of the tree or its bark gets a, you know, a disease or grows mold or it has like, you know, mm. um, mostly moss growing on the ones around us when I look out the window mm. that they're being, that they are, they're being changed by time and mm. condition and atmosphere. Yeah. Um, but with like metal that's different, right? The, it and it's not, because the mineral in the ground. When we look around here, um, on at Earth Dance, like you've walked around, you've seen the like big hunks of like crystal and, and mineral rock and stuff around here. I mean, there are like shelves of 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 stone here, you know, where you could dig into the side of this hill and it would be like shelves of this rock, basically, right? But yeah. it's not rock; it's crystal and mineral. Yeah, yeah. And then I think of those, like, crystal caves and, like, deep in Mexico and, mm. like, just, just, like, with all the huge giant crystals, like, from Superman or something. Yeah. Like the Superman planet that all the crystals, yeah. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. From the movie Superman. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know that, that, our, that's what our world, mm. that's what the world is built on, Chambers. Mm pockets of crystals yeah right like there's just pockets of crystals we're a resonant chamber basically so when you say about the like resonance of that man-made metal object yeah and the zing of it like i don't know that's kind of where i went with that yeah the resonance of of mineral or crystal yeah i don't know i think of them as similar but are they
0: Mineral and crystal? Yeah,
1: crystals are minerals, right? Or are they not?
0: Well, I think... Aren't they part of the same family? I of... think... I mean, I... I think I remember that a mineral... Like, it's, it, it depends... Like, depending on how a mineral is send, sedimented, there's something with time and sedimentation and pressure?
1: Yeah, that makes it a crystal. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think so. And something that I've studied I mean, it's really interesting, you'll see this a lot in I guess like basic studies, but the mineral kingdom isn't it doesn't need anything from anybody. Mm. It's functions on its own, right? Mm. But like the plants need the minerals. Mm. And nitrogen and you know, to grow. Yeah. And then the mammals need the plants that need the minerals to grow and be alive on the planet. Yeah. So like minerals are a kingdom that doesn't need anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's a perfect kingdom. You know what I mean? If you think about it. Yeah, it's the oldest like kind of material. Yeah.
0: The material of stars, of stardust. Yeah. And And I was reading recently, or I don't know where it came up. Was I reading about it? About the, the, like, for example, in the human body, the particular balances of different minerals, how it's about, like, 0.0001 whatever that would be, in percent difference can make all the difference. Like, that amount of mineral more or less can have a humongous effect. And then I find really fascinating that... um, (coughs) Because when you think of, like, what, six, seven billion people, eight billion people on the planet? Not quite. I think it's almost there, though. Um, And that... it's the system's working (laughs) like to that degree you know and of course there's there's uh, of course there's variations and of course there's many effects of those variations and some make some people more maybe sensitive others makes less sensitive and the extreme of that can express societally as like disease or impediments or but it's still like even with those margins, like the 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 species like is still functioning. That I find like that it's such a small balance and
1: that mammals are still surviving?
0: Yeah. Or humans. I mean, humans. humans. Yeah. But also like mammals on plant I mean like the whole system in general. It's like when you when I learn about how how minute the or like how precise the system is. Mm-hmm. And you're also like talking about medicine is so messy. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like it was like, oh, precise so we'll stay within the margin. No, it goes like, this this precise margin works, but <laughs> we'll have everything anyway. <laughs> like um, It's a nice metaphor, I find. If only, yeah, if only, like, I immediately think then of social margins that then, within what's, what's physically possible, the social margin does go and says, like, and this is normal, this is not normal now. Like it does put that border between normal and ab- ab- abnormal. I know that in Croatian you can say abnormal. Outside of norm. Like, I've even.
1: Outside <sighs> of norm, yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's like. Uh, mm. hmm. like norm like neuro normal or something mm-hmm. or physio normal or um, like you know what i mean like physio- um i don't see it as like well, i don't know i've kind of stepped away from um binaries in a way yeah in that sense of something being normal or not yeah. cuz i don't know what normal really means right yeah like who well, who decides what normal is is that like a ph balance of like you know is that a health thing is yeah. that a because <clears throat> yeah. it's gonna be different for everybody. Yeah. If there's eight million billion, excuse yeah. me, almost people on yeah. the planet. Yeah. There's eight billion versions of what normal could be. Yeah. Really, like. I yeah. think if you're talking about health and well being, we could talk about normal. I guess, but yeah. I
0: guess it's just the field. Yeah. But I find like even in I I wonder like even something like health. How. Social cultural it is that definition. Yeah. Because I one I I imagine that health has something to do with being able to engage in labor. Um, yeah. And and when I think of yeah the 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 n- n- nature and variation, then something like normal makes no sense. Like because how can something be normal? Um, there's only maybe variation and difference and.
1: It's interesting to think of it as being able to do labor.
0: I mean, of course, then I talk about the West, but...
1: Well, then you have to talk about culturally, like, what's the labor? Yeah. So. Yeah. And, I don't know. Different societies feel like labor is a different thing, you know? Yeah. 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 And also you really, I mean, for me it's also, when I think of health, I also think of, like, quality of life, right? Yeah. Not just the the quality of the health of the body, but yeah. the quality of the life that's being lived inside the body. Yeah. Because there's, health doesn't just talk about physical health, right? It talks right. about emotional, yeah. mental, spiritual, yeah. psychological health, I guess. Yeah. And I think that that's something we kind of come up against in our society that causes problems when we talk about normal or healthy is I think what, what you might be talking about when you say normal or healthy Mm. and what I think is normal Mm. and healthy and what I'm talking about is definitely like all of those categories together and for others it's like just physical health and like how can you think that physical health is not affected by mental health, yeah, you know, or emotional health. That completely affects physical health. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of studies on it, but aside from all that, I mean, you just live in a body and can't you see when you're not happy what happens with your physical health? Yeah. For long periods of time? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But then I go back to that and I'm like, actually, a lot of people don't experience their bodies that way.
2: Mm.
1: And then we're back to that whole experiential
2: embodiment thing.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm thinking now about um so just before you return us to experiential and embodied <laughs> I was I was thinking <laughs> still within like <clears throat> if the margin of normal is moves depending on when and where mhm I I'm I I kind of thought like oh and um i thought who the healer and who the artist is also m- like moves around with that margin and then and then as you returned us back to embodiment i i i i thought h- I, how i was going to i was going to ask a question about creativity but really when i think of embodiment i don't know how to th- how to think creativity outside of concern for well-being um, and social awareness and, and study. Uh, so I was going to ask you your, about your experience about that because where I come from, I hear a, a, lot, a lot of, especially this thing that was going on about the last couple of days, like high art, where this high art begin and 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 how my experience of living or understanding something about the world of high art in Europe is that it really claims that it's not about health well being spirituality psychology unless it's fashionable in brackets but um, because really? of really yeah I find like yeah that it's very. And if somebody kind of goes there, they break the rules and then they're like on terrible who's...
1: But, but look at, like, Dana Michaels. Like, Michaels or...
0: Dana... Ma- Michelle.
1: Michelle? Dana Michelle? I, th- I think so. It's Michelle, right? I think so. It's French, yeah? I think so. Okay. I never knew if it was Michael or Michaels or Michelle. I wasn't quite sure, so...
0: I heard both Dana Michael and Dana Michelle.
1: I have, too. Yeah. Um, okay, so, anyways, like that's exactly what she does mm. or they do I'm not sure if they're they. Mm. Um, I don't remember hearing their their pronoun choices. But anyways, I've heard Dana talk about their work not being political mm. but that it just sort of happened because that was what was going on and mm. the moment that they were making the work was what their body was just involved in.
2: Yeah.
1: Was a politics of history and culture and yeah. That it wasn't, it wasn't separable
2: yeah.
1: from what was being created. But does that mean it's not high art just because it's about the body and the politics of having a body? Yeah. Uh, uh, that was just one thing I was thinking about. And I think I was thinking about that because you were just saying about how Europe was all... But I've, I saw a standing ovation mm. for that piece mm. like multiple times. Mm. The yellow towel... I saw it twice and um, both times in two different places, once in Germany and once in Vienna. Mm -hmm. And it was like, people were just like, Mm. it was packed. Mm. People loved it. I think they did Mm. because there was a huge buzz in the room after Mm. the performance where we were talking to each other Mm. about it. And everybody was like, Mm. "Mm." you know, you could just feel the energy like, oh, Mm. my gosh, my consciousness got just got shifted or yeah. I just got a new perspective or yeah. something happened, you know? Yeah. And then I looked around and I was like, wow, this is like all pretty much white affluent people. And there's mm-hmm. this black woman yeah. talking about being black. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, what's up? Yeah. And that, it, it, I don't know, like, is that not, I, I don't know, I thought that that was pretty, like, socio-political art in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. And I think that that's the thing I've seen people like the most in Europe. Yeah. When I've gone there. Yeah. It's what they liked about my work.
2: Mm.
1: But I don't, you know what I mean? It's interesting. When I think of creativity and I think of like whatever you're talking about when you speak about high art, Mm. I think it's a construct. Yeah. I mean, it's just a social construct really, right? Yeah. But we get stuck on it. Yeah. I don't know. And then that goes back for me to thinking about like who says what's important and like where's the meaning making in yeah. that? Like, do we need to make something mean something? Uh, and yeah. then, does the high art people tell us what we should be making that means something? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I have a lot of things to say about that, but.
0: I mean, definitely, I think when when you're when you're studying in europe and then coming up as as a young artist in europe these days when you're introduced to project writing when you're introduced to networking you're introduced to um a methodology of paying attention to what's out there what's being seen right now, and how to, how to align yourself with that in a way, whether in opposition or in alliance or, and then the trend moves, and then a lot, I see like quite a lot of people move with the trends, especially those who kind of succeed in long-term funding, or or maintaining long-term access to long term funding and it's a dubious relationship that it is not really like i'm yeah it's not really clear to me and i'm trying to understand it mm. um, are you
1: talking about like what's popular
0: or what sells know. at that time know. like that it's I, a time I, thing I re- too well I, I i i know that i will hear i i know that i will be told that some things let's say popular but i don't know if that actually is what's actually selling the tickets Mm -mm. right that part is not clear to me i only know the advice i only know the like there's a bunch of people we trust who tell like philosophers and programmers and people like artistic directors and you know if you overhear them saying or see their program you go like oh that's what's that's what's going on now and this is the ratio like this is how many colorful performances this is how many black and white like monochrome shows this is how many how much uh, minimalism how much drama and etc etc yeah no i, I understand
1: what you're of, saying yeah. yeah i saw that a lot yeah. <laughs> yeah the like trend of yeah yeah of what was happening and in- European contemporary
0: yeah. dance and somebody like Dana Michelle let's say for now um for me is an example of of for somebody who didn't make their work in Europe to begin with and comes over and comes over with a with a kind of i when I, I saw the yellow towel and I really felt like this person has worked, has, has listened to something that was clear to her, and has found a way to manifest it by this and that mean. And then, given a whole bunch of factors, this came on stage in Europe, and, and we see it because it's a little bit unlike the rest of what we see. Um and and it's interesting that I just to me it's interesting that just I think yesterday before I saw that she just had her first, if I understood it correctly, she just had her first premiere in Belgium of a production that was produced in Belgium, or as a co-production I'm not sure, but it seems like the premiere is in Belgium which I see as as I'm really happy for her in terms of and I'm happy for all of us who will get to see this work, but I also, see, I also see that the European production system, you know, being alert, recognizing something and then bringing it closer and, and swallowing it up, and then it will benefit as well, which, you know, if there's consequences to that, that expand what's possible on European stages and within the European production system, great. But if it's only swallowing for, for profit, I don't know if this is advisable. Mm. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, but what I am happy is to see that type of attention that Dana brought up in in the yellow towel, which I don't think a lot of people manage or know how to do in Europe these days. Um, and as somebody like as as I'm as I'm coming into also making and as I'm come, coming to recognize. Like, in my old works, I realized, like, oh, I managed some stuff that I, I didn't know that I was doing. I was kind of lucky that I was stubborn and naive enough, and the combination of that protected some environment so that something could come through. Mm-hmm. But I find now, like, there's an opportunity for me to get more intentional in that process. Which is how I started thinking about this thing of going down and meeting the world at a tactile place. So that's how that thing weaves in. And why I was asking you about your experience with... um, Yeah, meeting the world and and finding ways for yourself to... um, See that those deep kind of impressions actually... Get to like cycle all the way out into the world... Right. See what I mean.
1: Yeah, I do. I do. Hmm. I um. I feel like my, my practices of of walking, in the woods and the trees, and how that's showing up in what I'm making right now. Yeah, it's um. I feel like I'm listening more right now. I'm listening to what wants to come forward because there isn't a deep interest in my creative practice right now to be um, um, publicly producing. Mm. I've kind of like, um, I just let that go for a little bit. Mm. I don't feel the desire, the need. Mm. I don't have an ego want around it, I guess. I'm more interested now in like, what, what practices I've had, what practices I'm developed, I've developed, and what practices I'm continuing to grow, um, and how they produce um, healing, mm-hmm. more than they p- produce production, that's sellable, mm. I guess. Um, it's not even a political choice. Mm. It's not like that. It's not like... Yeah, I don't like consumerist culture. I don't I don't think that it's the best kind of motivation for a society. Mm. But... And I, I see how the world works. But I don't... I don't feel like my creativity or, or my art has something to do with showing it to public space at this point. Um... I know that there's something coming, like I have something I'm going to be presenting, I guess, as a site, as as a, as a a presentation. I don't even know if I would call it something, like is it, you know, which is the other thing of like calling things. Mm. Because when you call something a particular name, that name connotates what you will experience. Mm. And so even placing it in a particular kind of space. Is problematic, right? So. Or produces the problem of a pre-existing notion that you can't shake. Yeah. And I'm sort of interested in. And f- in my creative practice in finding. Um, like, the forgotten. Or something, and. I don't know if that makes sense, but I guess I'm interested in creating the opportunity to awaken something that we aren't allowed to um, engage with in our everyday lives, I guess. Mm. So something that, I don't know if I would call it like sacred or something like that, but something like that because to me that space is a space of great healing Mm. and so i don't know i guess i'm interested in how i've been studying that i've been studying how how that gets produced Mm. and so when you say i can sit at a desk and like melt into this wood Mm. of this desk and really feel this like thing that's just an object but it has this story, and it's ancient in some way, and to me, that's my interest is this hmm. moment of like, I don't know, letting go maybe being being given the opportunity by an altered sort of experience yeah. where you're in the kitchen watching a film on the refrigerator, and you're like, hmm. Oh, we're in the kitchen watching... Oh, it's like this weird performance art thing. And then you just check it off and you don't go any further with it. Yeah. Or you could sit in the kitchen and you could watch the film and have an experience and recognize it as a little strange or a little different. And maybe the content of the atmosphere, the other people, the thing you're watching, the bodies are does something for you that Mm. maybe you wouldn't get if you watched that in a more traditional setting and I think I'm giving a shitty example just to say right now um (laughs) but I don't know if I'm making much sense actually
0: no I I really and I feel like I'm mm. a
1: little bit giving away like a secret or something Mm -hmm. of a practice but Mm. I I I don't feel like that about it Mm. but I don't know it's like oh am I saying something that no one is really going to understand or get and I'm like I don't care actually if mm. anybody doesn't understand it mm. or get it because yeah. it's my practice and I don't yeah. need it to be about my, uh, an outward thing yeah. Yeah. that I am, I am ultimately interested in sharing practices, yeah. but I don't know if I'm interested in showing it in the traditional ways that I yeah. have in the past as a performing yeah. artist and dancer yeah. and theater maker. Right. But those are the mediums I understand world through but I also do film work and sound and Mm. take pictures and I like to draw and you Mm. know what I mean there's I'm I'm a multimedia artist for sure you know but I don't I don't know that I would call myself anything else at this point but an artist I'm a creative being yeah I don't even know if I would use the word artist yeah I just feel like I'm a creative being interested in exploring the world in that expansive um, Quantum space. Yeah. Yeah. Where if you can expand your consciousness enough to recognize y- y- you change your whole perspective of, of life and the world. Yeah. And I think that's a creative space. Yeah. I think that's what creative space is, maybe is for me. Mm. Is the moment of. Mm. oh look at that i hadn't thought about i hadn't known that i could see something from this perspective Mm. and that never gets old
0: yeah (laughs) 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 yeah thank you for saying that yeah yeah i mean oh i'd like to say a couple of things This thing of that never gets old. I was thinking the other day about the this that that like deep sensation of time that doesn't tick. It just flows, but not like. It's like a deep ocean undercurrent kind of tectonic flow, mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. any. Um, who was it this week? And somebody asked me. So have you? 've been dan, you've been dancing I think they started with a sa- sentence you've been dancing a long time right I was like oh okay actually I have but <clears throat> and and then I indeed like I remember that de- that desire that I had to dance when I was a kid and how my kid me as a kid in 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 Like via that desire. That I still feel so passionately today. I feel so proximal to that little being. And time feels like no time has passed at all. Um, And yeah. And and the only thing that has changed is. Where I am. Where do I feel allowed to actually chase that desire? And... And it used to be show dancing on TV was the best. Then it couldn't have been television anymore. It had to be the theater because the theater was really. And then and then after theater, it had to be school, and then it had to be even nerdier school. And then it had to be like an even nerdier school <laughs> where I had more time to do, to pay attention to less, f- for more time to pay attention to even less um but kind of feel that like more things are becoming relevant through that smaller lens and mm-hmm. that's something that <clears throat> that at this point i feel like i i've i've walked myself so far from the traditional definition of art and production and yet i'm so tied to it financially at home um and it's also fine like i don't mind it but i but i am I do go to the theater often and I feel like, oh, I don't know, but I, I end up in a place with a bunch of children and I'm doing weird moves and that feels like the most exciting thing in the world. Um, and so I was wondering also about that, in that discovery, <clears throat> um, it feels like that I'm actually like, as time passes and I'm growing older, I'm coming closer to that initial idea that I think I had of artistry, which for me really relates, to reading this Sea chronicle, and it really relates to this wandering wizard kind of archetype. Um, the person whose sole purpose on this earth is to, to take the world in and to try to understand it in different ways. Um, and sometimes you... Which I really see with, with the characters that meet the wizard. Some characters meet the wizard where they have exactly the question that the wizard can answer. And there's like four words make a question, one word make the answer, and both of them come out like, oh my god, this everything makes sense. <laughs> but a lot of people meet the wizards and they're like, this person is sitting in a corner, mumbling to themselves and looking at dust. <laughs> like, what is wizardry about? And they actually don't understand. And they feel like, that's my life every once in a while i get to meet somebody and i say one word and i go like oh my god you changed my life and a lot of the times i get to meet people and they're like curious about because i'm a little bit weird they like my language they don't really get what i'm saying but they're kind of like happy to prance around and look at things with me um and that makes, that kind of playfulness and, and, and curiosity make, and to be guided by that makes so much sense to me. And if I get to, like, in that experience through relationship with people, like, sensitize my environment to the world, I think that's a, a gift that I can share with people. And I see that, in general, people are happy to be sensitized and be reminded of, like, oh, I can taste the flavor of this and actually enjoy it. You know, I can look at this tree and stay here for five minutes and have a good time. Um, <clears throat> and that's what moves me in my work, I think. That see, see seeing, seeing, seeing somebody else feel joy. That's what I find interesting, is that... I heard, this is another thing now, it comes up, like how people go like, oh, you're doing artists or whatever, why are we paying for us, whatever. That thing like, oh, artists, ma But I've never felt artistry as something that I do just for myself. Except that I really have to do it for myself. It's this, like, conundrum, a uh, contradiction. And the more, and it's also, it's the que- queer theory, I find. Like, this thing, like, express yourself. And where that I felt like, I mean, express yourself is weird to me. But but find a way to express as an utter, as in manifest the thing that you're really interested in, it draws people at people's attention either and I don't know what it is. Is is it the focus or the amount of information that you can or the space that you can hold with your interest? Mm -hmm. But it's I find it capturing and when I see somebody really interested, like a nerd. Like who can tell me a whole bunch of stuff about something that I don't know what it is, I get so moved. Like and and to meet people at that place of deep interest and sensation of joy that comes out of that. Yeah, what am I saying is that I'm happy to talk about this because I find it's it's a kind of I think in, in my trying to understand what it what is interesting about artistry and creativity for me today. Is really not what I see the definition of artist mean to culture at large. I don't know how to express that. Yeah. And so sometimes I can feel like, I can feel uh, like even shy or shamed, you know, like, especially this thing with high art, this is where I come back to it, where high art, I find like maybe like it's, I don't know, also business and I'm, I'm. I can do business but I'm not really like it doesn't really keep my attention. Business. Uh, so I instead try to talk to people about uh, the awe. And I have met so many people who shamed me for that. Who were like, Oh you should you should like don't be so naive. That's not what art is about, you know? And I was like, Oh okay. So I learned to be like hold my back up straight and be like ta
1: um well, why would we want to do something that doesn't have wonder? You know what I mean Yeah. It sounds like a boring ass practice, <laughs> like you know what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's why i'm I feel like that's what creativity for me is all mm. about. I mean, I turn over a rock as I walked down this path the other day mm. and I was like. Man, that was a big old millipede. And then there's like the little trail it left on the ground and from all of its many little feet. And like I'm looking at it and I'm like, Whoa, that is so cool. I wish I could like do a, a rubbing on a piece of paper with it yeah. or something yeah. and like and then I'm like, Oh yeah and then like it just folds. Yeah. Like and then all of a sudden ten minutes has gone by and all yeah. I'm still doing is standing there with the rock turned up. Yeah. I'm holding it still having an entire journey.
2: Yeah.
1: And it's because there's so much wonder in the world, and what's the point of living life if, I don't know, if if you if you if you, I don't know. I want that. Mm. I'm not. I I don't want to make it sound like little or naive or or because it's also like a big thing to me. Mm. I don't know. Mm. That somebody would want to like. Tamp that down, and mm. somebody else. <clears throat> Yeah. The interest in joy or wonder, or awe. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. And that I think that there'sn't an any like I, I I also don't have any judgment about it either. Like I go to see theater and dance and yeah. performance and art shows and opera or whatever. Yeah. see something that I I think it's like oh my god it's so fantastic. Mm. It's more the moments that I get to see like somebody like really loved what they did or mm. they like spontaneously you know have joy show up on their face yeah. or I felt so connected because I was like oh yeah. my god that's so humanity right there. Yeah. I'm seeing vulnerability or I don't know that I feel connected. Yeah. Um because there's been a discovery made. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, And the discovery could be many things. Yeah. Millions of things actually. Yeah. I don't know how I can describe that better. Um I don't know you're making me think of something that's hard for me to say and words mm. um, I'm just on the edge of it it's like Like I understand that we need to have edges to grow like you need to come up against the edge of something right mm. yeah. before you know that you've reached the edge of it and you feel, like, a resistance, a tension, like, you feel how you're, you know, you're at the edge of it. I don't know, I think of that, um... What's that series of movies? Mockingjay, the...
0: About the... With Jennifer Lawrence?
1: Yeah, and they have all the, like, um... The games that they play, but the games look like a real world, but it's actually, like, this, like not like it's like a space that has parameters around it but you won't know it until you hit the wall yeah but it's invisible oh you know until you come up against it it's like a laser field of sky or something like this i don't know know. it's kind of like coming up against something that you didn't know existed yeah and when you do you're like oh yeah oh i need to what's the shape of this Is there any other edge to it? Is it just this like big thing that I, can I push through it? Does it have resistance? Does it, is it hard? Is it, and the qualities of our, the quality of like a a space of not knowing something and choosing, oh yeah, (laughs) I could choose to like go into this not known, this not known place Mm. and, and maybe I'll uncover some, uncover something. Don't want to spend my time doing that right now. Is that the space of that I want to move into? Yeah. Or. How do I ex- just? I don't even know how to describe this thing. I'm trying to describe like. Like I, I don't mean to sound lazy or something, but it's like, been there, done that. Like mm. I actually don't need to explore all of the edges that I come up against. I only want to explore the ones that are helping me to grow. Yeah. To evolve. I guess yeah. maybe, yeah. and when I'm, and in my creative practice, those are the places that I'm the most vulnerable and uncomfortable. Yeah. Those are the places that I want to explore, but then if I don't present it in some way to be reflected back to me, yeah. is it still? Am I still able to grow? Yeah, I guess that's the the place I'm inside of right mm. now. Yeah, as a uh, artist or creative practitioner that makes things that, like, am I, um, not, like, I don't know how to say that without it sounding like, I don't know, obnoxious or lazy or something, like, like, uh, am I, um, give me one second, it's almost there, like, Am I taking the opportunity away for other people to, like, see the world through my lens by not presenting things publicly is something I went through for a little while? Yeah. And I was like, that's obnoxious, Deirdre. Oh, interesting. You know, and then it was like... And then it was like... But I feel like that is one of the th- the things I need to do. It's the yeah. It's the thing... If I really call myself a creative practitioner, Mm -hmm. uh, I have to say I'm a cultural worker and I'm working to create culture in some way or shift society's lens in some way because I want the world to have like more beauty and wonder in it and by exposing my lens or my perspective am I offering that? Yeah. Uh, Because, and then it's never going to be as wonderful or amazing or uh, awesome (laughs) as I see it. Because what fascinates me are like the quantum spaces of expansion of a millipede's footprints. Like, how is that even interesting to somebody else? Mm. And then I think of Dana Michelle's piece where... She took these series of very strange but simple objects and brought me through a whole world. And and I don't know that I have the patience Mm. sometimes, I think, to practice the virtuosities that I know to Mm. help me get to that place of being able to bring people through Mm. a world. Because then... I would need space, time. Mm. Um, I don't know, a way to live mm. to make sure I have food on the table. Like mm. There's something about survival that comes up as well. Mm. Um,
2: mm. And
1: my survival, it wasn't completely met by my creative practice mm. when I was publicly presenting it all the time. Mm. I had to rely on other forms of work. Mm. And then... I don't know I just got tired mm. like oh wow I don't know and so now I'm on a hiatus maybe Yeah. of like presenting publicly yeah. but I have a desire I can feel it bubbling yeah. in me right now
2: yeah.
1: I want to share a story yeah. I'm just trying to figure out how to do it yeah. I just went all over the place but maybe you followed me
0: a little bit Oh, totally. Oh, Okay, good. I don't think I ever lost you. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. I don't
1: know, you're ta- you're talking about your practice is making me think of my own and yeah. How I really haven't been thinking of it as an active practice. Yeah. When in fact it's deeply active. It's just seismic. It's like way yeah, deep yeah, down yeah. in like yeah. a under
0: place. Yeah. Yeah, and I my <clears throat> I mean, I would only expect that those cycles existed, right? Where you're... I mean, like, to be out and to be presenting a lot, right? You also have to... Like, you have to, like, get all this material from somewhere. And I find, like, in my experience... the, The quick... The quick dip and the quick dip into me to bring something out, I can only do for so long before I need to deep dive deeper to bring something out, and that dive takes longer. And then eventually I'm like, I need an hour and a half, and I need a month, and I need a year now. Um, and, and I was thinking a little bit about that. As you were saying, as you were speaking, I was thinking of myself now lying on the floor of the studio today <clears throat> and even this weekend, like being in the jam, right? And there's a hundred million moves happening every second, and I'm there lying down. And I feel myself moving, but in the in the scale of the room, my body is still, right? And I'm like, I wish that somebody could witness this dance. Um, <laughs> But I also go, like, it's fine, you know, I can witness it for myself and one day. Maybe it will manifest in a different way. And it didn't even take, what you know, like, I didn't even have to get to that one day. Eventually, the room, I don't know how, like, the the jam was three hours long. That was the first day. Friday morning, so second day, technically. And I was with my eyes closed, and and the room got from like really busy and really loud. It got very very quiet, and I have no idea how many people were in the room. Maybe three, five, something like this. And I got caught up in a dance that was really so gentle and so there was not a lot of moving going on. Um, and for that once, and I and then it like then it passed, like the person passed, and I have no idea. What that was but I felt like somebody witnessed a little bit of what I was sensing um, and it was it was really like unanticipated unintended from my side and I kind of gave up on something I was like this is never gonna be a part of this space that is so busy and, and exciting and vibrant and beautiful and 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 there was space for that mm. <clears throat> and I find, like, in the overall general kind of reflection, you know, I'm sure there were more more than that one space for those things, but they also, in the speed of it all, don't get to... Like, even I, um, when I describe the weekend, I first say so many other things before I get to say that, oh, also that thing happened. And so, like, that cycle of quietness, like, it's, it's longer and... Mm-hmm. Not slower, it just takes a different amount of time to kind of reveal mm-hmm, itself again, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or it takes a different circumstance in which to become visible. yeah, and so with that in mind, there was another thing that I was thinking as you were as you were talking about as you were describing like the 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 telling of your story, I got this strong sensation of um Yes, you can choose. Like, wh- what is that? What is the primary? And and I remember this one time when the primary was, we're going on tour, uh, proscenium stage, the theater the size of eighty to two hundred fifty people, up to thirty minutes, not less than twenty. And I was like, okay, <laughs> so I assumed that, <laughs> and and then I made something that kind of. Acknowledge that framework and then worked within it to do something else. Uh, and that was fun. But it's only... As fun as... And then... What I find myself... Re- what I find myself now is that sometimes... Like this drawing that I showed you today of, of the line on a, on a pink background with a little bit of dirt so i I find myself like i that that frames something that I don't know how to show in a theater, but even even that drawing that I managed to make that is in my iPad, I don't know how to show it anywhere else than in one on one basically showing it to somebody I care for and getting acknowledged for that thing um like I don't know how that thing ends up on a wall of a gallery where somebody will see it or something like that, you know? Like yeah, it's totally. it's these interesting things like how how to engage with the environments that already like exist. But my biggest question so far I think is and one that interests me the most is what if it doesn't have to enter a theatre? What if it doesn't have to enter a gallery? What what if it what if it can what if I can in like long term, let's say in 20 years, work through these relationships and eventually find another type of architecture, that's what I was being, like I was asking Matilda also, her studying architecture now, I was like, is it even possible to think another type of architecture, like how would, like if that would be a part of the project that we want to work on, does that mean we would have to get a grant to raise a building? <laughs> or like, well, I don't well, how do you think that? And and what would that mean socially? What would that mean in terms of behavior? Like everybody tells you like, oh, but people know how to behave in the gallery. How do you behave in a space that we didn't even build yet? <laughs> you know, like and communicate and... <sighs> And that's, it was interesting to me today when you brought up these the, the temples and and the sizes of temples and the vi- that that vibrant space of a temple in india and you and i i realized like it's just that like it's a i know what a church is you know i know what a um, i know what a church as an object of touristic admiration is, a church as an object of artistic admiration is. From my mom, I know what it means to, and my grandmother, I know what it means to enter a church um, with a sense of humbleness and, and, uh, and a feeling of connectedness. But a temple, I don't know a temple other than, than a dance studio. Like which is also a great temple I thought. <laughs> but it was yeah, really interesting how I was thinking of that space. It's like, oh that's that's an unfamiliar space to me actually. Also like a temple that I think what struck me is how you said like it was it was not a historical site, it was a present, vibrant site, the temple. And I'm like, I know what a temple is as a historical site. I know what a temple in present moment is from a cynical point of view. You know, I know how to be like, oh, what people believe, you know, like I know how to be cynical towards that, but because so many people around me are, but that quiet space of admiration and how to, how to share that with people, not cynically, but as a, as a, as, like, oh, yeah, I've only managed that in and with friends. I mean, in the dance studio, and of course, I mean, like, friendship is definitely a place that is that I've met people for real and lovers, I suppose, relationship mm-hmm. in my family.
1: I think that's what. I'm attempting to make maybe
2: mm.
1: that feeling of like of like I don't know like belief and mm. something that can't be measured but brings such wonder um and comfort oh. um but only brings comfort because you believe. Yeah. So I don't know there's something about faith. Yeah. Uh, I think that's maybe part of my creative practice right yeah. now is like. Uh, yeah. Mm, yeah, like, and that that can be like. Huh, super healing, maybe or something yeah. like too. You're just talking about a bunch of things, and I was just listening, but something came up there in the end that makes sense to me. Like, um, I understand what you mean about like the cynical, mm. and like five or six years ago, I probably had that too, but now. I don't know what to say, like, I just feel really tuned into spirit. Mm. And I don't. I've been really growing my. I've been attempting to evolve in my spiritual life. And whatever that is, or looks like, or yeah. means. Yeah. And I've just. I don't know, there's like a time that for so long I felt empty of that. And now, I don't. Mm. And I can't tell you that there was, like, one particular moment that I began to notice that this was not the case anymore. All I can say is, I don't know, like, I I could feel it when I was dancing, you know, by myself to, like, sweet music in my living room. Or Mm. um, when I walk in the trees and, like, talk to the birds and like say hi to my plants in the morning like that that to have a direct relationship with like sound and vibration and living things they all like everything alive vibrates yeah Mm. so there's something about having a relationship to that right now that feels significant to me in Mm. some way and and it's like uh, growing something yeah. for me yeah. and I want to share that yeah. and I also recognize that maybe it's not shareable mm. like I, like I said like I don't know how to share I don't know how to like tell the story like I have all these practices that I've studied for years and I have a lot of virtuosity in some areas as in, as like Actor, theater performer, you know, like mm. whatever, mm. like the different mediums that we that yeah. we study and train yeah. and practice in and yeah. develop and yeah. and when it comes right down to it, I just kind of want to make a shadow puppet show or yeah, you know, like
2: yeah,
1: yeah, uh, light and sound and yeah. yeah. And that the body's involved, but just not in the same kind of way that it's been involved in the past. Or it was about seeking to look at the body and see it as a thing.
2: Yeah.
1: With with multiplicities and identities, and now it's not about that for me. It's like the body has become... Yeah. Something, I don't know, a
0: precious tool?
1: I don't know if that would be the way to put it, but... (laughs)
0: <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it resonates. Oh, it, it just hit me somewhere. I can't really tell. <clears throat> what if I say like this? Oh, It's almost as if, like, for a whole while I thought, if it's a matter of experience, then I might as well... Like, it's only reasonable that I use that I'm seen experiencing to talk about experience. So I dance in front of people. But recently I started seeing like a part of my experience actually communicates better if I write it into a poem. Mm -hmm. And sometimes me being in front of people is distracting. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't actually do it.
1: Exactly. The medium changes, you know. Yeah. And to be, to not get caught up in, in, in thinking that you need to remain in a particular medium. Yeah. To me, that's creative practice. It's not just about, yeah, I'm a trained dancer. I'm a trained actor. I got trained in how to do photography. Yeah. I got trained to play instruments. Like, you know, there's yeah. like, I have all this training, right? Yeah. Circus arts, like, <clears throat> but that was all to get me to a place where I could recognize that what I what I wanted to do w- was basically never going to be the same thing mm. The doing the same thing over and over again. I tried that. Mm. You know, I found a niche and I and I attempted to like mm. keep repeating something you know that seemed successful yeah. or popular yeah. or I was told was good or yeah. something. Yeah. And I tried to kind of sustain that for a long time. Yeah. And then I just recognized, like, seven or eight years or maybe even a little longer into that. I was like, <coughs> there's a whole part of myself I'm not exploring. Yeah. Of creativity, like, yeah. that I'm not even tapping into. Yeah. I'm using, like, this much of my creative brain, yeah. Yeah. you know, and I want to use all this, yeah. you know, or something.
0: Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So that's my, maybe, like, my last question. <laughs> <laughs> uh have you
1: asked questions really?
0: <laughs> <laughs> really have <am> I.
1: <laughs> We're just philosophizing, I think.
0: Yeah. In <laughs> some way. You're like, I'm throwing nets everywhere. <laughs> the last net I will throw. Oh please, I love um, nets.
1: They're so filmy and lovely.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, candy. Ice cream. <laughs> throwing ice cream around. <laughs>
1: I don't know, that sound is not so appealing, but that's fine.
0: That's fine. Yeah, maybe ice cream was more like splash than whatever that is. Um, um, so there there was something that I thought about when you said growing. And I thought... Um, this i thought about the, the conversations we had on on um in, about embodiment and and then exploring the experience and sharing sharing the knowledge exploring experiencing and sharing knowledge i don't know how to say it and that doesn't sound quite right and and then the thing, this thing of growing aligned with, uh, something that, I think even today we talked about this. Um, coming up against the edge and learning, like learning something, exploring, le- communicating what you've learned, and, um, and. Then I thought about, that s- s- soma that Mm -hmm. whole thing of Mm -hmm. of as astronaut goes into space somonauts people who are kinetically I think they say kinetically capable I don't know how they said it Mm -hmm. Um, anyway maybe yeah people who explore what the body can do, and report on it, and share it, share mm-hmm. that knowledge, mm-hmm. and and it's it's a way of exp- it's a way of furthering that, and then somebody brought up brought up the word um, technology, the bodily technology that I felt like was perfectly sci-fi for me. I just felt like yes, <laughs> <laughs> triggered my imagination, um, but that there's something of that. So what I'm getting at is that. That um, that kind of thirst for uh, knowledge and 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 thirst for um, and I don't know if it's if thirst is the right way, drive I don't know and and in, it's also like in, sometimes it feels like inspiration, mm. sometimes it feels like a calling. Um, but that desire to understand what are all the things that that the body. Is capable of mm. that is and I find that it, it, even in my short life I felt like um, like there there's there's so many things that I can and it, so there's so many things that I can experience that I don't know how to explain and and that's something as I'm saying it I I realize I hear people say that a lot I don't know how to explain this, there are no words for this, Um, uh, I don't know how to put it in words, like these are all the ways that I I can remember this, hearing this sentence, even today, collecting the, the writings for the somatic notebook, I got two emails, and people, that's what people wrote, that I don't, they were like, I was trying to put something into words that I don't know if I can put into words. Yet or if I will ever be able to, but I tried, um, and I got I got very moved and excited and inspired. Um, witness like and and I got honored to witness people try, to figure out how to communicate what then they they know, what they figured out. B- through their bodies what they learned from their physical experiences and i got so humbled by that by the opportunity and i'm sure many opportunities out there but this is like a yet another opportunity where people come together to share what they know and they want to see it in others that others are also like looking out there and or in in out or in Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Because that's, I don't know, I, I think like it, it's also just like, it's something that I hear you kind of brush against, brush upon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm very curious about it because I think it is something that I'm also like, only recently I started hearing myself actually actually be able to talk about this but i think it's one of the things that i always felt when i even when i was a kid that that something that i want to do more than anything in the world is like look over the edge of the known and be like oh it's very dark in here bye and i go like i just i just want to be out there and meet the world and Even if I think like there might be a scary spider somewhere out there, but I'll I'll do it anyway. Like I'll meet the spider, I'll scream a little bit, and then gently, I don't know, find my way around that obstacle. Spider spiders can be scary. Yeah.
1: So I wondered if. saw my own reflection in the glass for a second and I was like, whoa, who is that? Um, <laughs> I just wonder if, like, the, the, like, is there an interest in, like, hearing about the felt sensation? Because, you know, I, I tried for, or didn't try, I did for a while, like, speak to people through my felt sensations and people would always get so frustrated with me. You know, like, I don't want to hear about your emotions. Oh. And I was like, oh, I'm not talking about my emotions. I'm talking about how I feel. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to hear how you feel. You know, and I'm like, oh, interesting. Because how I feel is who I am. Yeah. Like, that I'm warm right now is how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, oh. You know, like that moment of like a light bulb of like recognizing this like, Avoidance of the body in yeah. general language. Yeah. And um, so when I have a conversation with somebody and they say things like that, and I just said it to you, like, I don't know how to explain this or I don't know mm. how to share this with you. or, And I, I say to them, well, what does it feel like? You know, mm. not like does it make you have emotions like sadness or happiness, mm. but what does it feel like? Is it warm? Is it sit somewhere in your body in particular? Mm. Like, and then the conversation, it gets really interesting because mm. it's like, oh, what well, kind of bubbles up from like my belly and, mm. and it gets real warm in my chest and actually mm. I kind of feel a little flush sometimes, mm. you know, and I'm like, mm. you know, like yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. you feel <clears throat> like your yeah. body is telling you something yeah. Yeah. and you can choose to listen to yeah. it. That's what somatics feels like to yeah. s- being a soma yeah is to me. Yeah. Like that I'm consciously aware of the vessel that I walk around in. Yeah. And what it's doing. Yeah. And the older I get, the more I know that and the more precious it becomes. And the more I really think of myself as a vessel.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, that walks around, my that housing, the like energetic force of spirit or soul or whatever you want to call that, that like animates my animates me or or is the heart of me or is the whatever of me yeah but i've been given the opportunity to live on this planet in this flesh experience this dense materiality yeah and i have to move through and understand this dense materiality you know to evolve my soul right to evolve myself if i really want to like i have to press through this dense material yeah that is my body
2: yeah
1: and how i experience the world yeah and the more I understand that, yeah. the 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 tinier everything becomes. Like, the more quantum it, it gets. I'm going to use this yeah, word, yeah, yeah. and I keep using yeah. it because it makes a lot of sense to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like, the more um, I dive. Yeah. Like, that the more I, I learn, the less I know. Like yeah, this yeah, phrase, yeah. Yeah. yeah? So the more... I can speak to my felt sensation. Yeah. And, um... I, I don't know. the I guess the, the better I become at it, and yeah. my vocabulary grows. Yeah. And then it shows up in, like, my everyday life. Yeah. I think that that's kind of being... For me and like even my work environment right now, I find that speaking to how I'm feeling Mm. sometimes can be really off-putting for people because they're like, well, but you're the boss. You're not supposed to have like feelings. Mm. I don't want to think of you as human Mm. because then I can't blame you or, Mm. you know what I mean? Like there's this thing that we do to people. Yeah. Like oh wait you have a body too and oh your yeah. knee hurts and oh you have a little headache or yeah. or oh, your skin's itchy or oh you got a spider bite or yeah. oh and then I have to have sympathy empathy not sympathy yeah. empathy yeah and then I'm like oh, I don't want to have to feel my own body yeah is really what it's about yeah. right yeah because then I got to check in yeah and uh, that's sort of a couple of things that were just coming up but there's something about lacking language and the scariness of it for some folks, I think. Yeah. Myself included. Yeah. Um, I think I'm better at it than some because I've been yeah. studying my body, I guess, yeah. or my, my experience in yeah. that way, through my body as a dancer and a physical performer and yeah. things like that. I don't know if this was an answer you were seeking.
0: I mean, you know what 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 resonates with me as you're saying this is this um this whole thing of <sighs> I got distracted I can't wait um i had a I had another thought that, um i i so this this thought that distracted me. I got a really strong felt sense of of some of my colleagues being frustrated with me. When I would say, oh, but we have, to, I mean, like our boss, like we know that she had a hard night. Like, sure, she's whatever, maybe behaving inappropriately right now, but she's also a person grieving. So we can, we can, we can hold that space for her. I'm like, oh, she, she's... and not like, judge her and think her to be yeah. like some terrible, awful like yeah. boss person or a director or yeah. Whoever, or, yeah. yeah. And then they get impatient and I'm like... I know that this is hard on us. Boohoo. But we're also like... We are... I mean, even like... If we talk about unionizing. Like we're being paid well. We shouldn't be... Like... Bullied because we are being paid well. Far from that. But we also... Are here because we love this woman. You know? We care for the work. We care for her. We can take a day and care (laughs) like and and yeah and I I really like as you were saying this like I I it's just it hit me really strong that thing of like even when I find myself just in myself like on the days where I get frustrated and turning to myself and being like
1: (sighs) I know me too (sighs) yeah
0: yeah, and hold that space because also it's, it's one of these things like I would want somebody to be there for me in that way and to, to see me as a person when I fail as a person, you know, because that's and I would also want to receive that feedback. I'm not really good at giving feedback yet, but I'll get there. But I, I, I'm, I also crave for feedback. Like I want to know what my effect is on other people, especially yeah. people I care for, even when it's like hard to like receive it. Yeah, and to sit patiently through hearing like anyway that's
1: no no this is that's the juicy stuff yeah I hear you I completely get it I like I really need to hear feedback to understand my effect on others yeah and and receiving feedback I don't know if that ever gets easier I think we become more graceful about it yeah but I don't know that it becomes easier yeah. Maybe the grace gives you a little more ease, I yeah. don't know. But that that's how we... I mean, that's like a key component of growth. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is a willingness Yeah. even to recognize how you are being perceived. Yeah. And really trusting that yeah. the person giving you that feedback. Yeah. If they're a good friend or somebody yeah. you really love or trust. Yeah. yeah. That they're giving you real. It's not because they're having a hard time or they don't like you right then. No. But like they're really like, Hey, I see this in you and I love you and I'm gonna tell you about it because yeah. I love you. Yeah. Yeah. That's the hardest thing yeah. to receive sometimes. Yeah.
0: Like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But also like when when I, I just I just thought of like the last time when I went through that and how going through that like learning curve of like oh and then in the relationship with somebody to go through that hardship and negotiate it and then go through the laughing fit afterwards when something releases and to to, to see each other on the other side of that process i mean i find that some some of the most exciting things in relationships with people to like go through these <laughs> excruciating experiences yes but in terms of like finding boundaries and, and learning something new about a person. and But you know what I, I really love? Like one of the things that started happening is that I started associating relationship with that process. Like I find like if I want to be in a relationship with a person I will, I will both be seen in all ways and I will see the person in all ways. Like both when they did their hair and when they are pooping, not even poop, have pooped, but are pooping. And like, and and I, it it's I mean, there's tremendous joy in in seeing that. Like this is where I feel like in terms of the where we started with the conversation, like seeing a tree. I find like oh, I I, I love seeing a person. It's like seeing a baby, like when the baby poops and you have to clean their bum. <clears throat> And, and and suddenly like the smell and the and the color and the consistency, all these are just curiosities of life in you. Yeah. Because when babies, you do want baby to have a rash and cry for seven days. So you're like clean the thing up, put some cream on, put the diaper back and the baby's smiling and you're happy and you've been through something. Wow, what an analogy. <laughs> uh
1: but I, I i hear you saying like a couple of things one is like yeah. there's like this intimacy and vulnerability that happens when we share yeah something that we're having a, a thing about right mm. that we we're like oh i'm really going to step out on a ledge here and i'm going to like i really care about this person i'm going to tell them this thing that i don't know how they're going to and then um the other side of that is that you become closer mm they begin to trust each other more because you could do that, and they didn't walk away, right? Yeah. Or, you know, like make you feel bad, or yeah. you know whatever it was that you were, <clears throat> you were afraid might happen, you know, yeah. <clears throat> in the sharing of feedback or in the receiving of yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I get you. You have to, yeah. You, in in the and I get it. Like shit doesn't have to always just be smelly and gross. It's just what it is, you yeah. know what I mean? It's just yeah. part of life. It's just yeah. the baby poop, you gotta clean yeah. it up, just yeah. like you said, like it's just part of life, yeah, and I think, yeah, like, I don't know for me, I don't have a problem with baby poop, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I said before, yeah. like messy yeah, yeah, is not yeah. something that that really scares me or intimidates yeah. me like yeah. I'm all right with that, yeah. what I'm not okay with is when. It is couched in some kind of manipulative, like, you know, kind of, unfortunately, I think I've had some more of that happen than I um, would care to admit, but I also recognize that um, there's like a hardiness that grows Mm. from that. I don't know if that's a a resiliency, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm. that it gets easier, like I said before. Whether it's through grace or time or knowledge or... Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I like your metaphor, actually. That's kind of funny. I
0: like it. Oh. Oh. Oh, Shall we end there on... Baby poop? Yeah. Great. Great. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you.